Soundbites Radio is your source for candid discussion aimed to create a world that's inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, peace, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Content ranges from social justice to racial equity, religion, arts, culture, and more. It's another edition of Soundbites International Radio for Black Conscious Acclaim, One World is an Aim. 
Absolutely. Uh, bringing the, the conversations pertinent to our diasporic landscape to you every Monday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, yeah, in efforts to fortify and heal our community and bring us closer to a better human landscape. Um, you don't know I'm Haseka Nefera, and this is Nefera. To my Ra. Absolutely. So you know how we do, family. Um, so, of course, remember, um, again, we are uh, here. We broadcast live on Facebook um, every Monday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but we're also, all of our shows up to now, uh, or up to last week, rather, now is tomorrow, um, on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. Uh, so make sure you do follow us on those platforms. Um, make sure you give us the, the five stars, give us some reviews, uh, and, you know, that helps to fortify and help support the sustainability of our platform. Also, uh, as of talking about sustainability, again, we do, we are a black-owned platform. We're fully independently operated. Um, so, of course, sustainability is key, right? Um, so while we do appreciate being able to, you know, you know give uh, to the family every single week, regardless, uh, we do have um, a, a possibility to uh, support our efforts by funding, you know, by any any nominal sum. No, no sum is too small or too big. You, you are you can support on our cash app, which is Soundbites uh, Radio. Yeah, Soundbites Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can also go and visit our website, which is this is soundbites.com. Uh, there's a contribute button right on there. Um, you can Thanks. also follow our Spotify and Apple Podcasts on the website as well. And there's also merch. We do have Soundbites merch that is available on our website. So make sure you visit there, check it out, see what you like. You got the photo of Fortify T. So if you like, dig that, uh, please, you know, cop that and rock oh. that and uh, let us know. We want to stay fortified, rocking with us, family, definitely for sure. Um, so, um, bless Monday. Um, and we want to continue the conversation from last week. Was it last week? I don't even know. All the days are blending together. But, <laughs> but, um, and appreciate the family and checking. Shouts out, brother uh, Naeem, brother Your Bricks, check in. You know, shouts out to him. Always bring the energy. I am uh, as we close out every show. So we appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Um, as well as the brother AJ Throwback, aka Joseph Gomez, also as always on the check in. We appreciate you. Um, but we want to talk about um, just continued fortification. What does that look like in the face of everything? Um, and you know, like looking at you know COVID and looking at these racial times or what have you, um, we definitely want to see how we can stay fortified as a family because there's a lot going on. Um, you know, there's an ebb and flow of how um, these topics tend to go through the media airways, where you know we get heightened, we get outraged, we get hyped up, we get we want to feel like we want to jump into action and see what we can do, and then you know sooner or later the media dis- dissipates that energy. Um, and then throws mm-hmm. something else into the mix that you know they feel we should pay attention to, which is something we always want to stay um, real cognizant of, um, of what they want us to pay attention to, who they want us to pay attention to, how they want us to pay attention to our own um, narratives, which again we you know to this day we do not control um, as far as who we mm-hmm. are or how we look or how we think, especially in the faces of other peoples, especially internationally. Um, so really, a lot of disruptions you know since forever in the day since media was created uh, a lot of disruptions have been taking place on how you know the, the African experience especially the African experience on the US soil um, in the in the, the the wake of physical chattel slavery and, mm-hmm. and things like that um, have taken place you know so we, we want to um, always hear sound like you want to disrupt that 
Uh, we want to disrupt that disruption um, and, and, and bring some Sankofa to how we see our, our human experience, um, you know, through our learnings and by sharing what you guys have, right? So, so this is where we definitely are with the conversation. Um, if you have any words you want to share or need to Yeah, support. so the whole, uh, recently we just had a whole onslaught of stuff that just took us entirely away from our focus. You know, and uh, just being with the whole conversation of who controls the narrative and who's disseminating the narrative and who's putting these things into the space that cause people's impressions and mm -hmm. consciousness around African people to be shaped. Mm -hmm. um, there is a, there's a reason for it, right? There is a reason why though the narrative is shaped the way that it is. You know, we have racism in our space and we have people who, um, how do you call it? Who definitely are against African people just because, whatever their reasoning, just because, just because right? But we also have people that are scared of African people, mm -hmm. right? And we have, and um, we have created a space for African people to be scared of African people too. And we have, yeah, we have our own people who are scared of each other, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, so to speak, uh, afraid for their safety, uh, these kinds of things. I worked in a prison, um, and I was a prison guard the rookie prison guard, uh, and I had to be the only female that worked in the men's unit and then in prison in over 10 years. I had a sergeant who was my upline, and she said to me that no female had ever worked in the men's unit for more than three months without coming <clears throat> in, threatening to quit, um, threatening to quit, refusing to go back, or just walking off the job and asking for a transfer. Mm. Certain kinds of people, brown people, are going to have to cry and beg and grovel to be removed from there because the difference is a, is a situation. She say, you know, if you have non-melanated, you can go down there and threaten that you're going to walk off your job. You can threaten that if you don't get removed, you're going to go to the main office and you're going to, whatever the case may be, and immediately they transfer this woman. One time that happened, over 10 years. Um, and there's a lot of conversation in how we are handled within the matrix and how various, because people do things and people don't do things. People make things happen. People don't make things happen. So it's important for us to connect with the nuances of how these things are happening and the fact that we are, we're, we're defragmented, which is intentional. This fear that we have among each other, the fear that other people have of African people was a was a created, uh, image that was intentional, purposeful. Um, so, and, and in this particular situation, I go into this men's unit and I'm not afraid of my people, right? I'm not afraid of my people from Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, you know, mm -hmm. me and a friend of mine found a dead body when I was five years old in the yard that had been decapitated, halfway decapitated um, on our way to school that morning. Oh, halfway? Half of the head was cut off. We didn't know that. We only saw the feet hanging out the bottom of the bag. So we didn't see the gruesome part. We found that out later on because it ended up getting into the newspaper and, you know, grandma read the newspaper every day and she and my grandfather talking about what's going on in the world and things like that. And because this happened on the block, this thing made it to the daily newspaper front cover. Um, so I'm not afraid. I'm not squeamish in that way. So what ends up happening is I go into this men's unit and these inmates... Um, detainees, right? They're in prison, what have you, right? Um, there's no breakdowns in the shift. 
I worked, I was the only female that worked 6P to 6A in that unit. Now, after 9, between 9 and 10 is the final count on the floor. Then the inmates go into their cells, they lock down, and the next time I come down that hall, it's just for a count. It's for a visual and to do my count every hour. Now, there's a time for them to do whatever they can do. If they want to fight, if they want to, you know, destroy the property, you know, they would just do stuff because they would, it would be their way of protest oftentimes. And then it would be, you know, I guess inner, inner, the center would have their own politics. These, these, you know, folks, these communities within their communities, it, it will evolve. This is the, the psychology of behavior. So right. within the prison system, these behaviors would, would evolve and then they would have their whatever politics going on as a officer. That's not my business. My job is to make sure you don't leave the facility, hurt yourself, hurt each other, or damage property. That's my job. And to ensure that you remain within that facility. That's it. I'm not supposed to do nothing else. My, I, I was also given the detail. I was a sanitation officer. So I was supposed to do the, uh, every quarter there's a huge, you know, cleaning, waxing floors, and, you know, stripping, waxing, repainting, polishing, and all this stuff here, right? So I was also responsible for that. And then sometimes sanitation detail will go out and do clearing. You know, the, the city of Georgia is having uh, developers come in. They got land that they need to have, you know, turned over and fixed what have you. So they would have the, you know, the chain gang family, right? Right? Chain gang. Chain gang is for real in Georgia. And they would bring the detainees, the inmates, out here to the, to the street. And they would have them clearing, you know, whatever. But... I have a black warden now, and she's telling me that because these inmates don't disrupt the facility when I work, that I must be fraternizing with these inmates in some form or fashion. Because she could not comprehend why, no matter what, I don't, I'm the only officer, we had a roving upline who was, he wasn't even a sergeant, he was a supervisor. They made him a supervisor because he was a senior officer on the shift. He would rove back and forth between both facilities. The facility is under 24-hour surveillance. But you're telling me that you suspect that I'm fraternizing with inmates because they're not disruptive to the facility. So I must be making some negotiations to make them behave. Because in the daytime, from 6A to 6P, when the whole administrative wing is in this building, including the warden and all her staff, and several officers are on site, the inmates are carrying on fighting, spitting at people, being restrained, getting um, swatters coming down, giving folks shots, knocking them out. All kind of stuff is happening in the daytime. And I'm one officer at night and it's not <clears> happening. <throat> Why is this? Why is this happening? What are you thinking like the reflection of this experience? Me? Yeah, like what are you thinking is happening in the <laughs> reflection of me doing this? I mean, as you're hearing this story, my y'all got written up three times for a suspicion. Nothing ever happened. There was no proof, but I got written up three times right. for this. Well, it's, it's the conditioning that, you know, we believe that, um, especially from the black American influences, that, mm-hmm. you know, one of us is rowdy, all of us is rowdy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to in, in order for anyone to calm down or to soothe the savage beast, so to speak, which is how we review the savages and, like, you know, the, the, the lazy, you know, whatevers, that's always been a case in the narrative. Yes. Um, is that you want to believe that the only way to tame the savage beast, it must be some something you're you're giving. There must be some type of yeah. high you're you must be incentivizing this in some way. 
Um, never could it be just your human interaction, human connection, your 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 treatment of, of dignity and mm-hmm. respect of mm-hmm. other human beings, d- despite their circumstances. I.e., for that being these men in jail, um, for whatever reason they're in jail, whether it's legitimate as fuck or whether it's you know wrongful, wrongfully you know uh, convicted, you know running that whole gamut of of the prison population, especially those that are uh, wrongfully in prison, mostly you know black and Latino. Um, eighty over eighty some eighty five percent, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that in itself, lending itself from the history of 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 you know the the Thirteenth Amendment and and how slavery was just kind of like reshaped. Um, so you you want to look at the, how society is still being shaping the narrative of how these men, um, especially these men in color, um, are to be treated. Um, so if they're acting nice, that means you must be treating them too nice. You must be giving them yeah. lollipops. You yeah. must be doing something. Right. No, it, it, you can very well do your job and treat people with dignity. That's right. Um, you know, what is it? Regardless if they're going death row or they're serving five, ten years. That's not my they, place. That, that's, that's not, not my place. place. Exactly. That's not any place to judge. That doesn't mean, and you get a lot of narratives that these these officers are doing, uh, going above and beyond oh, yeah. to be cantankerous and, and um, abusive to to these men. Because why you treat them now? They're men. In, these men, they're caged. They're caged mm-hmm. cage animals, mm-hmm. right? So you you can treat them you, any type of way. You can bang on the things. You can let them fight. You can watch them fight. Yeah, you, even you, stir it up. Stir it up. Start mm-hmm. the fight. You can instigate the fights, right? You can you know yep. do whatever it takes to make sell it look cigarettes. Yeah, I wasn't selling no cigarettes. Yeah, they were making a killing in the prison selling cigarettes, y'all, officers. Um, and I'm here to tell you that. This is a narrative that I didn't create. This is a narrative that has been in the in the back end of looming American experience. So this is why it's important that the African understand that you're having a different experience from other people. You know, there you're having a very unique experience and somebody is doing it. Right? So by you not speaking up about your condition and by you not standing in your position, see the thing about it, and you, and you know, Dr. Umar even talked about this, like you transitioned from having these jobs where you were skilled. Now you have this quote unquote higher education, which what they really did was it was a smoke and mirrors and deception because it corralled you into a different direction. And now you feel beholden to this matrix because this is how you're supposed to be able to eat. They've connected your ability to eat and drink and live to your compliance to the matrix. That was very deceptive, very diabolical, very diabolical. Um, And now in your protest to this ill treatment, you just behold it, you just have to eat it up, suck it up. Which, trust me, the science is of that, and they're very clear about it. It can only create um, two things. It's either you're gonna adapt, which you'll either adapt or you'll explode. Um, and either way, however the cookie crumbles, they're prepared with a back end. Um, they spent a lot of money on marketing to keep this foolishness in the space. Let's look at some campaigns. We can look at drink milk, right? Remember drink milk? Got milk. Got milk? Got mm-hmm. milk. I'm talking even before got milk. Before got milk was the food pyramid. I learned the food pyramid in kindergarten. Remember the food pyramid in school? Food pyramid was on the back of Cheerios boxes. Is it still on the back of Cheerios? I don't know what's on the back of Cheerios. I don't know, we don't eat Cheerios, but we'll eat the box cereal. But I'm but. just trying to figure out 
this is a campaign of changing the social landscape. Mm. Cointel Pro went and put their determination on communities of color and their defense for African people and support of nourishing them specifically. Because at that point in our social landscape, we were clear that we are very specifically different from the other landscape that's out here. See, then you got lulled to sleep. From the 60s to the 80s, and after that, drugs showed up on the street. See, and we need to be different about how we receive this information because we're believing what we're learning in these matrices. You have to compartmentalize this strictly as a faculty. It does something. It is a utility. You need to look at it as a pen. This pen is used for X, Y, Z, and the third. Whatever you get out of the matrix has a facility. You need to conduct the use of that utility. It does not need to be conducting you. You have allowed the matrix to conduct your consciousness, which is why you have your broken relationships with your community. You should Listen, the drug dealers outside, the folks talking guns and shooting, those are somebody's nephews. Why you ain't go outside and stop them from doing that foolishness? They're your nephews. But you know what we're doing in our communities? We're hoarding these people. Right. Condition them. We can, they we're deserve, hoarding they're them. Not, they're not good enough to be loved. They're too hard to be loved, which is something that's been passed down. It's, it's sad. It's, you know, we're black people in general just too hard to be loved. You know, they, well, that comes out the matrix we're well. Exactly. We're monsters. We can't feel pain. We're too strong. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about feeling That's pain. right. comes you out of the matrix. You can cut their limbs off. You can cut their dicks off. You can cut their, your, their, their tongues out. It doesn't matter. They don't feel pain. It all comes out the matrix. all comes out the matrix. And so that becomes epigenetic in turn, We and then we internalize it, and, and it shows up in other ways. Remember, you know, slavery hasn't necessarily... Um, going away, it's just changed its, its mass. Rebranded. It's just been rebranded um, as another form, it's, and it's a very subtle form to which we've, you know, so um, uh, easily accepted. Um, I mean, to the point we don't even realize that it's still taking place, and that we still uh, be growing accustomed to it. Um, and then in turn, that means that how are we dealing with our people? How are we seeing our people? We, like you said, we see we see the drug dealer on the corner, and then day that's that's become a hardened dude because he hasn't felt loved enough. You know, because no. you know, with within this community, and also he felt like he has to survive because of the confines of the environment that he's been, he's growing up in, and growing. And he probably to. got some woman telling him, "You better get out here and get something because you got." Might be his mama. Could be his mama. You know what I mean? But this could is the, the, the conditioning mama. runs deep because it, it could literally be anybody that becomes that's in your family. You know what I the mean? Utility and, and of the look, matrix. Exactly. Anyone that's grown accustomed and accepted the matrix, even if you haven't. If they're sharing blood with you or they're a friend with you, they're in your space. They're an influence, period. Um, and that's that's one of the pieces of the battles we have to fight. And a lot of us either succumb to it, mm-hmm. we try to we, we deal with it, um, or we fight through. And, 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 and the unfortunate reality is that those that tend to really fight through <coughs> access to their better self, mm-hmm. their true self, um, tend to have this interference run by those that have still succumbed. Um, on right. top of what through the the matrix as as an entity, so these are the things we tend to deal with a lot that we need, that we need to um, address and assess specifically and mm-hmm. deeply and regularly and consistently, um, make it a, like a muscle memory practice of how we're you know being with our human condition because we're not we're not being with it, period. We're being with what's been given to us as a piecemeal. Um, right, you got brother Ari said yes. they took the mother tongue, and. You know, yeah, took our language. Yeah, today and that too. Right. Um, your thanks, family. Please share the link. Please enjoy. Yes, invite, yes. invite the family. 
invite the family into the conversation, share the link. Family, we got to look at what we have accepted as far as our narrative is concerned. And I think we get caught up in the fact that we're looking at people. We're looking at a person. So, and, and that's what was, that's what is disarming about your constant state of suspicious awareness. Constant state of suspicious awareness because whiteness doesn't want to be profiled. Mm-hmm. White people don't want to walk through the world feeling like, oh my God, everybody's saying black devils. Remember that? Remember they was had the folks out there, everybody was saying white devils, white devils, white devils. And they had, uh, I believe I saw an uh, uh, interview with uh, Muhammad Ali. I saw an mm. interview with Damascus Malcolm X um, about this whole great. concept of white devils, white devils. Um, you either you do something or you don't do something. The people who happen to be doing these things, as far as an African is concerned, what is their interpretation? This is what we had re- recently. We're talking about this. What is the experience of African people with whiteness? Right. Whiteness as a mechanism, not a white person, but white people uphold whiteness. So now you're getting sticky. So, yeah. but you gotta you gotta start to compartmentalize these things so that you can fragment them, so that you can deal with them. And also, whiteness as it becomes a consciousness too. White just whiteness up, is a consciousness upheld by non-white upheld people, by, also. also by non-white people. So you got all white is not created equal. Um, and, and, you know, white, non-melanated. There's no white, there's no black people, there's no white people. Non-melanated individuals, um, but there's a whole long landscape of non-melanated people that are also indigenous people. Also, you know, there's a lot of convoluting that has happened that also all of these pieces are also a part of creating confusion. Creating confusion because if you can't find your start point, then you're going to have issues with devising a solution, which is intentional. So um, I was also, I was alluded to the fact that the narratives have changed over time. Cointelpro went and created, they created this, uh, they, this attack on African liberation. Whiteness said that they don't appreciate African liberation. They don't want African people to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. Because you know what white people could have did? Whiteness could have done, it could have just left us, it just could have left us alone. I'm just been, saying. <laughs> it could have just like, you know what, we don't like those people. Just leave us the hell alone. They could have done that. But they did not because they want to be up in our space because science tells them to control us because if we get too powerful as a collective, we could actually decide that we're going to come in and you know what? We don't, we don't, we don't want y'all here. We taking this land. Now y'all get out. We're going to evict you. So they created a space, the matrix and the media and the propaganda is a part of that narrative that they created destruction on our, in our spaces attacked our leaders because the same thing that they've done to attack our leaders, they could have actually done to break apart these hate groups. Mm. If whiteness keeps saying that these hate groups are special, they're a fragment of their population, then why haven't you dealt with them? Mm. Why have it? Cause let me tell you, it's not that many of them, right? It's not that many of them. So why haven't you dealt with them? The way you dealt with the black Panthers were running for 12 years. You came in, you infiltrated, you infiltrated Malcolm X, Malcolm X group, Moss number seven. You infiltrated. So why haven't you infiltrated these groups and stopped them? It's not going to be hard. Right. Matter of fact, they got signs all over the place that tell you where they at. Right. Like why? They went in and killed these people. And they trumped up charges on African groups that were only standing for African liberation. The Black Panthers had a breakfast program. They had sickle cell testing. They had... 
uh, mobile sites all over the place helping their people with their health. Helping their family. The majority of the work that they actually did was in service of the community. Right, and in defense of the and protection of the community in the face of police And they should brutality. be doing that. That's what they should be doing. FYI, police brutality is not new for those that are just checking in uh, as of George Floyd. No, police brutality is not new for those that are checking in a la as of Trayvon Martin. Police brutality is not new as of those checking in with Sean Bell, uh, Amadou Diallo. Okay. Like, those, they're, they're not new instances. Police brutality has been a part of, especially against the black community, since police. <laughs> police mm. were instilled as the slave catchers and overseers. So it's been ingrained as part of their their function to keep in line blackness, to keep in line any form of blackness in, 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 in the remote idea of stepping into a space of control. When in reality, that's not even our conversation. And what do we, what do, we do when something at times, what's a, what's a psychology type of thing where, you know, at times we feel that we're doing something wrong or we're doing something, we tend to project as a means to take the defense off of us. And a lot of what this, this experience is and what African experience whiteness is, as, as it has come um, has been a projection of the fears of retaliation. Right, because we do in you, you in retaliation when you want to retaliate, you want to defend yourself, mm-hmm. right? But how, who are you defending against when the, 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 your opponent has never even insisted on fighting in the first place? Right. So you're fighting, actually fighting against yourself, because you now you you've created a battle that didn't exist, um, and you actually run the risk now of creating an enemy that never had to be, right? And surprisingly, for decades and centuries, that enemy has not necessarily, in a sense, stepped to retaliate. We defended ourselves mm-hmm. because, you've, because of the attacks that have taken place. But so right. on. It's all been in defense. Because once it stops, we're like, all right, well, let's check in. Right. This is what you've been doing. What the fuck is wrong with you? Then let's, let's work on something. Whether you call it affirmative action or other things or whatever to keep the peace within mm-hmm. what the matrix structure is. And then we go and do our due within the assimilated space because this is what the fuck you've given us because you've taken away everything else in Tulsa right. or the Black Wall Streets and things of that nature. You took away all that type of work, work for prosperity. Right. You took away the Black Panther movement. You took, like, you... you, this you is an, all this is intentional now. All this was an intentional stuff. Why? To do, to, to curb, to quell any form of opportunity for the African to sit in contemplation for them and like, hold up. They've done some really wicked shit to us. We need to really do something. We need to plot on the back end. We need to make it happen. That's the conversation that's being had. It's the only, it's the only like, makes it's sense. It's the only smart thing to do when someone has got their foot on your neck. Exactly. How about you or give me a... Knee. It's fight or flight. You either fight or Rodney you leave. King, you yes, either fight or leave. That's the, that is their science. They know, the, they know the math. They created the math. They made the standard. Um, and they have placed their scientists in the front line of their mechanisms. This is how marketing campaigns are done. This is how education is done. This is how learning is created in our social landscape based on your developmental process as a human being. This is how we put you in this little space right here and we curtail your growing process. And we keep you in this little funnel right here so we are going, the same thing that we're learning out here in the garden is we're learning about creating and, and grooming and creating this space right. so that I mean, we contain control. What they said, what they said, um, uh, 
control the growth, right? Control the growth. So to speak, yeah, essentially. Right, per se. Um, and control, groom the direction that the plant is going. Right. You groom down the bottom, you prune down the bottom you leaves. Clear the space to breathe. So that now you got more energy, more oxygen, more space, and the energy from the roots of the plant goes into the top of the plant to produce the fruit or the vegetable on the plant. So you're taking away places where energy are being disseminated that's not necessary because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's leaves here. Yeah, now that's a process. Exactly. And that's, that's a natural process. That is a process you get of agroecology that is just, that's something that we do, but that also happens on human beings. Mm-hmm. And since you are busy just going along to get along, going to school, clapping for baby graduations in first grade, and you're just so excited about the little ballet classes and little violin classes, and you're just so excited. Oh, my God, her first recital, and he's playing football, and he's a quarterback. And you just put a, <laughs> just piddling along. Oh, he's taking SAT classes and just piddling along. And, oh, I got a little promotion at job. Oh, they gave me this award, this little plaque. Look at this little thing they gave me. Oh, this is nice. Everybody come for me. Let's have a dinner. Like, these are the things that you're doing in your living experience. Having baby, getting married. Oh, my sister's getting married. Having baby shower. Come on, guys, have a baby shower. We're gonna have all oh, Fourth of July barbecue. Hey, guys, come on, go. Oh, we're gonna have. Oh, everybody, let's go visit great grandma. Let's go down south. Let's take a family reunion. Like these are the things that you're doing in your life, and you're insulating your consciousness, and you're not expanding. Thanksgiving. Because that's Christmas. okay for you. You're living your life. Your family is having their living experience, but you're also a part of a community. So the person that that life is having is saying that the people who don't have whatever they have going on, because the matrix told you to blame the victim. So if they don't got something going on, then clearly they're broken. Something is wrong with them. There are so many African people today who's mentally so mental, so intelligent and so so much African genius, but their process prospects are are diminished mm. because they're just frustrated with being in the matrix dealing with whiteness. Dealing with people who are not as intelligent as them, oppressing them. Just for the, just just because. My sister had a supervisor. My sister had a supervisor working for a city organization. Her supervisor, who was a white man, who happened to be Jewish, made it his business every single day to harass and intimidate this young woman. Five, six, 120 pounds soaking wet. For no reason, just to be an asshole. Because he could, because he was a supervisor. He really became an asshole when she graduated with her MBA, because he now has a BA. And you know, the Matrix says to the people, the social landscape, that white males' biggest competitor are black women. Mm. So he, he's throwing his bowls and he's, he's, he made it and he did all, all kinds of things to intimidate this African woman on a daily basis. Girls calling me up crying for years about this particular supervisor and making it about her natural hair every staff meeting. 15 minutes in the meeting, we got to always talk about Sapphire and say, so what are you doing with your hair today? And making her the spectacle. This woman is master degree educated did everything she was supposed to do according to the matrix. And she's sitting in a place where her supervisor makes three times her salary and gets to come in there every day and intimidate her. Now, you know what she did? She went to the human resources office and the human resources was full of black women. And you know what they told her? That she was overreacting. Mm-hmm. Gaslighting. That's what they told her. Her brother, her skin folk. Her skin folk from, an, from other borders. Right? Because there's always some nuanced issues as to why there are breakdowns in our community, why we don't stay up for each other. And all of these people, pieces, are a part of destabilizing our community and weakening our commitment to each other. They're intentional. They're done on purpose. This is diabolical. Whiteness don't want to deal with this. That's their business. Let them, let them rock out. 
They don't have to be confronted with this if they don't want to. Because they can say that they want to or they don't want to. But at the end of the day, whiteness and white people are responsible for these outcomes. They get to do something about it. You get to let them know that they need to do something about it. Because if you claim you're not like that or you don't want to deal with this or you're not like this or whatever the case may be, then you need to be a part of making solutions. You need to be out here creating it. <clears throat> and I'm not going to have you beating me at the top of my head. Because like I said, you remember the milk campaign? Remember milk? You remember Cointel Pro? Those were all campaigns agreed upon by the social landscape. From the top, from the top down on a social landscape, all of that was agreed upon. So if they wanted to get rid of racism against African people, they could tomorrow. Over the next six months, based on all of the upheaval that happened because of George Floyd, you guys had a right, you guys are on the momentum, you're in the right space, the right opportunity. You can keep the pressure on and they can change this social landscape in six months. Six months because we're in an urgent space. But you know what they did? They threw uh, Will Smith out there and Jada Pinkett. They threw this here, here, Nick Cannon conversation out there in the space and took up all of this space unnecessarily with frivolousness. That's what happened. What else we got? What I else we got? It was, and then the, the whole, the whole tearing probably, down, the whole tearing down monuments and spray yeah, painting yeah, walls painting and murals and, and, yeah. and painting streets and all this and, 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 and naming street signs and all foolishness kind of things. <laughs> this is what happened. I just want to. I just want to know about it. I just want to talk about the mechanisms that yeah. is happening. So the woman who's ah oh, yeah 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 my sister had a baby shower. Come on over to have a barbecue. Oh my God! Brought my first house, guys. Here's my keys. Brought my first house. Here's my keys. Da, da, da. Like right? See all of the people who these things are happening for. Who is about this radical individualism? Mm. Or maybe they got five people in their space, or maybe a couple of community members, family members, or whatever people that's gonna clap for them and what have you. But they're not invested in unity and community with their neighbors. That was intentional. That was diabolical. Because communities that are succeeding know that you cannot do it alone. You must do it as a unit. African, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This is why if you think that the mechanism of success <clears throat> was you got your house keys, your first house keys, you want your first car, you got it for your first plaque on the, on the door. Really? You're a surf in the master's house. You want to remember. You're what, a surf in the master's house. You want to remember what those those uh, those milestones of success look like in the face of the matrix, because yeah. success in terms, especially for the African, in terms for who? Yeah. Right. What's success? That's success like, for you, or success like for the matrix? Just like look at still first black whoever in any facet of societal like progress, mm -hmm. there should no not be in 2020 a first black anybody. All, all positions and um, aspects of our social condition should have been fulfilled by um, the African, should have been either the, the Latino, the Asian, the East Indian, whatever the case may be. All that should have been filled and stale mm -hmm. and played out to where, it, to where that is normalcy. The reality is that do we really expect, look at a justice a system of justice, a system of equality, and a system of equity if we're still saying the first somebody that's not white? And in 2020, and in, in exposition and in basic positions, maybe have congressmen and senators and things like that. That's wonderful. But you still got people that are the first black judge in this state, the first black mayor in this state, the first Except black governor in this state. Why? And you want to look at that. I mean, it's okay, 
But do you like is is that something to really celebrate and get excited about? That should actually just make you more angry. That lets you know James how Baldwin far back the, we are. The, to be a, to be a Negro and remotely conscious um, in America is to be in a rage all the time. So I think I paraphrased a little bit, but you get right. the idea. Is that to really be conscious of your human experience as an African on a, on a U.S. soil? Is to be frustrated, and and and, and, and what we found, what we've grown to understand, is that in. Uh, as a, a result of in, if, of the integration and inclusion and, and assimilation conversation, and just wanting to keep mm-hmm. the peace and going along and get along, get along. no one wants to be um, conscious of these things because who wants to be enraged all the time? That sounds. But you don't exhausting. actually have to be enraged. You actually you have to be enraged. Make, you don't have to be pissed. enraged. I'm not in, like, you actually can work <laughs> together and not be enraged. See, then now what, what? What are our solutions moving forward? What can we do in our moving with, with in our next moves? As mm-hmm. to what we are creating, we don't actually have to be enraged. You don't actually have to take this foolishness in. This is why I said you have to compartmentalize the matrix. You have to compartmentalize its usefulness in your life as an African. Because if these folks are not going to create an authentic unity conversation, then you just got to get what you need and go. Right? These folks have, are having a conversation. They claim they don't like us. They got a few folks out here just entertained by us. Um... And you got a couple of conversations where you're having authentic interactions with people of different cultures, non-melanated, melanated people alike. You got small pockets of this. Small pockets. But by and large, this is what's happening in the narratives. You got a couple of, you know, I show I'm an African. I'm waking up. I'm, I'm rearing my whole life, and I need to show up as an afterthought. You just come around and, you know, yeah, well, you know, let's, 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 let's throw a few black people in the, in the, in the magazine cover. Let's throw a few black people in the back. Uh, in, right, in, the first in, time on this first, on this first, magazine. Like, what? Really? Let's do that. Mind you, you have huge readership. You got African people running around here. It's 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 really incredible when I see black men, women with these blonde wigs all the way down to their butt. It's the most insane thing. It looks like, I'm like, what's this word? Like, all of these things are indicators of sickness. We're sick. We need to find out where our center is, because that's foolishness. That's straight up foolishness. That's like you've made yourself a caricature. And let's be clear, I had a blonde afro, and blonde hair is not exclusive to, to whiteness. But we do know in the social landscape that blonde hair is a representative of white standards of beauty. We have African women across social media, I mean across the popular culture, that at least sometime at some point in their career, and some of them have maintained blonde hair their entire career, like Mary J. Blige, um, you know, Beyonce. Yeah, she's maintained blonde hair her whole career. We even had Queen Latifah with blonde hair at one point. Now she's got like a cinnamony kind of, you know, a honey blonde kind of cinnamon kind of thing. Strawberry blonde. Yeah, she's got a strawberry kind of, you know. <laughs> Something to that effect. But I have a disgraceful picture of her in blonde hair. It looked horrible. Come on, sis. And she's out here, you and I, T.Y., she's supposed to be on point. I expect some of our people, but you know why? Because we got these other folks in the back end doing makeup. I used to be so mad with Oprah. I used to be so mad with Oprah Winfrey's freaking makeup artist back in the 80s. I used to want to throw up. On her. They got this woman (laughs) out here looking like a straight up clown. Straight up clown. They had an African, this was in the the 2000s, they had an African woman out in Atlanta who was on the news. I used to be like, yo, this girl looked like she's from 1982 Go-Go Girl kind of thing. Blue on her eyes here. She just looked like a clown on the news every day. I was so mad. I said, Who's doing this woman's makeup? I was try. I'm like, you gotta understand that there are differences in African people. You cannot just take these folks on face value. You need to be driving. Nah, I says don't do that. Do this. 
Like, we should really be... You, you need to be more, but you can't... Come on, well, just, you know, be a little more angry, a little more a little more gritty, you know? More come on, give me a little more grit. Give me some hood, give me, give some, me that. Give me some... Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? What are these people talking about? They didn't even know. I was on, I was in a, a group one time, and I was talking to a girl who's pretty prominent out here in, in Hollywood scene, doing some some back and extra work and things like that. And she was she was out here, um, she was auditioning for a really, really high-profile role, and she really, really wanted it. She could not believe the prompts that she was getting in her audition. She ended up walking out of there in tears, just totally broken and destroyed. A group of women, two men, one gay, one not, all white, non-melanated. Very few were Jews, or of Jewish heritage, right? Because she's getting cards now. What are you telling these people? What's your narrative? This woman walked out of there in tears because of what they was asking her to do for this part that, as usual, is a slave narrative. Somebody else writing a slave narrative. Because we need more. And they're creating and telling her what she has to tell her what she needs to do. This is why we need to look at strategy, family. We got we to look at strategy. We got to, like we like we always say, once you know, you can't unknow. And we're knowing lots of things. Things are coming to the surface. Um, and while we think it's, we definitely find it unfortunate that, you know, this is, for a lot of us, it's still a first-time conversation of, of, of That's, our reality. That's crazy. Um, but that being said, welcome to the party. But, you know, it's, you got to play a little bit of catch-up um, because it Quickly. matters. It, it matters. It's, it's of an urgent, grave nature that um, those of us that are just, like, coming to the party um, to get caught up really fast, right? Um, and this doesn't, and it also doesn't mean, like, those that aren't doing it yet, then they're just going to be where where they are. Um, we want to look at that. We always say we got to bring bring everybody. We got to bring the people with us. Harriet left people that wasn't really bye, even, Felicia. Like, deuces, you know what I mean? Like you, you can't. Like, got your your, li- your liberation matters, and it matters to the whole. But be clear, you, even for plants, you got to prune off some of the dead leaves in order for the plants to grow. So that t- sometimes means you got to let some people behind if they want to catch up one day. By all means, welcome back to the family. But we can't stop this this train from coming because it needs to ride. Um, and, and it's imperative that we get on the same uh, trajectory, we get on the same accord, to speak the same language, um, we need to hold the same tongue, we need to hold the line, we need to hold the same formation and keep formation in the face of, of, of anything that the enemy brings ahead of us. Um, and use our skills accordingly, right? Everybody can't do everything. Right, but everybody can do what they do best in the face of everything. Give thanks. And this is something that's important when we look at you know the, the the economics of of our community. How do we how do we push forward? We look at what we've grown accustomed to in our community as uh, these are products and services that we need that have become essential to our basic everyday living. But they're all from these corporations that are that are owned by you know by the by the the, the white conglomerates and things of that nature. And to the point where we forget or we don't even realize. Even in our own communities, our folk can produce the exact same thing and actually cater to your particular need because regardless of how you're living within this matrix, this matrix is not built for you and the way that you're set up. You're a completely different mechanism, completely different energy and DNA coding, and you need a specific type of fortification and energy exchange that this matrix just cannot Cannot provide you. And you need to be clear on this. And it, and it keeps diminishing your abilities so that you don't engage your space of, of, of optimal production. It's intentional. 
And you know, people who you know, you you created the Cool Kids Club, but of course you're going to fashion your space so that you have all the amenities and that you're made comfortable, and you're going to suppress. At the end of the day, I'm I'm a, I'm a mind of listen. White center consciousness needs to have people who are agreeable. They like agreeable people. So I'm of the mind of we want reparations. You got to forego the war to win, forego the battle to win the war. Mm-hmm. We can have a ten year scope plan, and we can be sitting around with our leaders, no white people of any kind at all, mm-hmm. at our African Union, and we're creating our constitution and our our demands as a country. And you know what? Over the next ten years, this is what we want. And we just start floating our people back to the countryside. No. Over the next ten years. You guys want to bring in some more Mexicans because y'all like agreeable people? Unfortunately, I hope Mexicans don't stay. I hope they stay their butts home, too. I hope they learn from the example and lead these folks here by themselves. Let them do their own thing. Because if you don't like us and you don't want us here, we'll be willing to leave. We right. can go. Like, but stop lying and fronting like one, one, one humanity, one people. When it's convenient. When it's kumbaya. That Come on, guys, work. let's work together. No, because I don't hear white people saying that. I don't hear white people saying kumbaya. I hear white people saying, don't talk about your issues. Yeah. I hear white folks come in the room, and as soon as they come in the room, you can do like this here. One, two, three. Boom, there they go. And now Karen is in the space, taking up space. Bob is in the space, stealing all of the space. Making, turning the whole conversation into something he feel he want to turn it into. And every time I have a conversations with people who have white center consciousness, their, their conversation is not even on par with what I'm talking about. It's almost like we're talking two different languages. And we are talking two different kinds of languages. Because whiteness wants to preserve this space that they like, that provides them benefit. White folks is doing good out here in this matrix. You come in there, you their assistant, they make it three times your salary. They can come into the job and talk to you any old kind of crazy way. You can't do nothing about it. You got to suck it up. You, you know, you got you. And guess what? You've been working here 10 years. You'd like to get some professional development. You'd like to get some, some upward mobility and trajectory. But you know what? They're going to bring in Polly, who just graduated from college, and you're going to train her to be your supervisor. Hmm. How about that? And then if you show the slightest bit of whatever... They'll be pushing you off your job. I don't know if these folks are Jewish. I know they white though. I don't know if they. I don't know if they Russian. I don't know if they Polish. Yeah. I don't know if they Hungarian. I don't know if they're Italian. I don't know if they're Irish. I'm not sitting there to catalog who these people are. Right. I know they're non-melanated people, and they're not standing for my benefit. That's what I that's, do know. That's the, and, and that's, that's the undisputable. And I don't need no other facts about that, because nobody's religion is going to exempt them from being a part of what's oppressing African people. Because if it was, then I would distinctly be able to tell the difference. And I don't. I just see non-melanated people hurting black folks, oppressing African folks in the job place. Miss Offerman, the principal at whatever that school was, she sat there and she talked to that grown man who has a wife and children and berated him for three minutes because he took initiative and tried to be a part of the team and support. But you know, whiteness doesn't like for you to think for yourself as an African. They assume that you always have to come to them. And see, that's what I have had an issue with in my, in my space. I'm a creative. I take initiative. I want to make my work easy. I'm not taking it over here, and I'm not changing the office, and I'm not doing it. I'm making my work easy. But you know what white center conscience wants you to do? It wants you to come in there and say, excuse me, can I do this? Do you mind? You, you, listen, this is a great idea. Can we do this? Um, so what do you think about this? 
This is my work. You tasked me with something because you believe that I have the skill to do it. Now let me do my job. Why well, I need to ask you about the way that I do my workflow. And then when I come in and I've created stuff, which means that now they can't go to the staff meeting with their boss and take credit for my work because I've already done it and there's already witnesses that I've done it because you know they love to do that, right? They love to take credit for the work that you've done. So that you don't get, it looks like you're just a, 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 a afterthought. You're just a lump on a log over here just holding up space until the next more agreeable minority shows up and we can just kick you out the door. Sister Ayana says, uh, peace and blessings, sister. Thank you for joining us. Um, says that, yep, having me with a master's degree, I trained my boss. <laughs> Crazy tale. And very often they come to the job and they don't even know how to do their job. You've been doing it. You're making thir a third of their salary. Why would they want to give, why would they want to create equity? What is the motivating factor that white right. center consciousness right. wants to create equity? For what reason? Like I said, they tore down Cointelpro. I mean, uh, they, they tore down uh, African groups. Cointelpro was the mechanism to tear down African groups that supported the efficacy and the building up and the internal decolonizing de only. only for our people only then. They made it their direct intention, so much so that they killed them. They just, Fred, Fred Hampton, 99 bullets. They went in it 21 years old. 21 years old. That's what old. I'm saying, 21 years old, young person. Let's be Could have been a viable, committed person to the to the African landscape. Because he started, what, 19? Kill Malcolm X. You got implants. Shot this man in front of his wife and children. This is diabolical for the African connection to whiteness, I'm just saying. We want to be real clear. And people who are of white consciousness and who are non-melanated people who claim that they don't subscribe to this, they are, they are now tasked with being on task. Because like I said, remember the milk campaign? Remember the milk campaign? Wow. It's very easy for this to happen. They, did, they disseminated African groups. They got our African leaders, some of them in jail for 40 years on trumped up charges. 40 years, throw their life. Whiteness just gets to step in your life and just take from you like this? This is what I'm saying? An African, you all right with this because you got the keys to your new house? Really? That's what you. That's how you living? Because you get to go to church and do a little patch your foot and, and get a little feel goods and get your little placebo and woo, I'm feeling good now. But you still don't know how to create solutions for the African. You're creating, you're, you're, you're creating things that are, 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 treating the sickness you're, you're treating symptoms you're not getting into the root cause do you have the faculties to address the root cause of the problem most of us don't we don't even know where to begin to think to find solutions for our actual issues we're out here guided by white center consciousness trying to treat symptoms come on african hold these folks accountable and we got to create a space where we can buffer our people. And it's going to require some sacrifice. And it's going to require us to fall in and lean in. Some of us just don't want to do that kind of work. Some of us just, just don't. We want to have access to the, to, we want to call ourselves, oh, you know, I want to be out here and I want to, you know, and we, we want our amenities. We've grown accustomed and gotten, our ancestors did not have any of these amenities. Most of them lived in cold, damp, wet spaces until they died. They woke up, sun up to sundown. If you go down there to Dwayne Street, Dwayne and Reed on Broadway, 
They have bones that is demonstrated that they were literally worked to death. Mm -hmm. Literally. Bones disjointed. Because they literally were doing the same repetitive movement like a machine from sunup to sundown. From birth, from three, four, five, six years old until death. They used to have something called reckless eyeballing. Reckless eyeballing, you as an African person don't get to look a white person in their face. You don't get to hold your own agency to no degree that if you look at a white person in their face, you 65 years old, you got some 12-year-old calling you boy. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just saying. It hasn't changed. If these things have, if our subordinate posture as a community has evolved in us, the arrogance of white-centeredness has evolved in them. Which is why this man could boldly come his behind to work every day and diminish this woman. And she went to HR and they did nothing to support her. She left, she was left alone and she had to stomach it because she needed to pay her bills. There's too many Africans in that position right now. So I'm not taking no prisoners when it talk comes to having this conversation authentically. I'm not talking to white folks. They can deal with their situation. They got plenty of money. They can do all the therapy. They did the milk campaign. If they want to do something different, they can create a campaign to immediately create results. They can restructure these textbooks, and they can immediately create results. You want to know where you want to spend some money instead of being out here painting some damn streets? You want to start sending some freaking... Uh, ice cream, what do you call it, uh, RVs out here and start going into these communities and reading stories and having yeah, storytelling time in these communities where these rednecks is living at? Need to recalibrate While you have Cointel Pro on the ground going in and getting these uh, uh, hate groups and dis disbanding these hate groups? Oh, no, 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 but whiteness wants to keep these hate groups in space because they hold their card. They're a play. They keep madness going on. They keep a little destruction on the ground. They keep a little confusion. They keep you off your step. Because all white is not created equal. These white people are saying, we're not like those white people. So then what's the problem with those white people? Oh, but it's their First Amendment right to have guns. It's their First Amendment right to have an opinion that they don't like black people or Jews or gays. It's their right to have that opinion. But the moment somebody else, like Nick Cannon, has an opinion about his position, now he got to be in trouble. He got to be off his job. But you got hate groups out here who literally threatened to kill people who have done things like created Dylan Roofs out here in this world. And actually kill people. And actually kill people, but you're not going to do nothing about that. You got a president in his And now in you want to say that this one particular type of white person is not the, uh, the spokesperson for all white people. He's just a type of white person. So then why does African people and the few of us that are out here cutting the fool, because there are a few of us that's cutting the fool, but they are a very small, minuscule minority of African folks who are cutting the fool. The majority of folks, even those who are not doing so well, who may be receiving whatever type of governmental assistance that they may be receiving, may not be willing to go to work because they don't feel like dealing with white folks' shit because some of them are like that too. They just don't want to freaking deal with it. They don't want to have to contortion themselves. They're going to live in ghetto heaven. Because that's the best that they can do. Mm. There's a narrative in our community, though. We can address that. That's us. We can address our people. So we're going to judge them? Even those people are better than these folks over here. They're a better quality than the Dylan Roof. 
These folks not running around here taking up arms and going out here and shooting up uh, uh, synagogues and and freaking uh, Catholic church mass ceremonies. Yeah, that's not the mo. For not, we're not how doing that. that? Well, how does that serve? What is that doing? We don't care to make that kind of imprint on the human landscape. We don't care to use intimidation. We've been trying to get people to come to a table and have an authentic conversation. And then when you're talking to white folks, they're telling you that we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to make jobs for black folks. We're going to create jobs. You're going to create jobs, and then they're going to be minuscule paying jobs. They're not going to provide insurance. Right. They're going to bring a, t- a big big conglomerate like they did in Tennessee. They brought Dell Computers to Nashville. They brought Saturn to Nashville. They had all these tent positions. Lied to them folks and said, we're going to bring jobs. And they brought these low-paying right. temp jobs. And they brought this huge factory, plantation. Oh. Dell Computers was sitting on, I don't, gosh, I don't even know. I can't even begin to tell you how much acreage Dell had down there. We want to be clear on that cre- how creative that language gets too. Man. That's how they do that too. When they talk about unemployment is down, oh, this, I mean, obviously not down now. But when they were talking about it, oh yeah, everybody's having jobs. Yeah, but what kind of jobs? It's not just for people to be working because it doesn't make any sense when you have black people in in in, in quote unquote marginalized communities and things like that working and still having to get on, on at, go to food banks, still having yep. to get on SNAP and wick and all this type of stuff because their jobs aren't paying enough still for their livelihood where rent and and eating are the two choices they have to make a bill has to be foregone you know somebody has to not eat or eat enough that doesn't work so we we can't we can't be piecemeal with these little with with the flowery language that gets put in our faces around our human condition we need real results that's actually going to ha- have a, have us play out and, and and be in a better space of living with the, with ourselves and each other. We we'll look at the, like the even the things that we do in these community in our communities or what have you. Like you're talking about, you know, the drug dealers or the gangsters or whatever. That's survival. What we need to figure out how to survive. Look, if I have to take out homie, but you cannot you can't got, feed your people poison though. Right. That, that's the part that doesn't work though. Yeah. The part that doesn't really work is if you're gonna be out here doing something, you can't be feeding poison to your own people. Because you're creating weakness in our own our landscape. But you know what? White Center Consciousness was parading those folks around that was out here selling dope to their mm-hmm. community. And pumping it through there. They was happy to to pound It's like to, them damn fireworks. They let you, they they want you, they wanna, they wanna they wanna prop you up, individuals who are out here gang violence and gang banging. Who was making that music? Who was funding making gangster music? Who wanted to stomp out all that seventies and eighties music that was about mm-hmm. African power and pride? And keeping your mind focused and being able to identify a problem when you see a problem as African. Because now we got so convoluted. Some of us got a little leverage out here that we have so much classism within our community. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. now classism Mm -hmm. because these Mm -hmm. these Negroes who who, who have uh, insecurity to the white matrix... They feel like they got some access because they got their keys, their new house, they got new cars. Foolish things because you're still a serf in the master's right. house. I got a mansion. What should home, I feel bad for? Your home is 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 risky. It's a, it's a risk. All that money Bill Cosby had, they throw him his butt in the jail in his old age. Mm-hmm. When that man is in his, what they call it, sunset years. Oh, I haven't heard that one. What is but he yeah, at? Yeah, his, his, his sunset he's years. Kissing, kissing he's supposed 90. to be out here having a good time and just relaxing and drinking tea and things. They put that man in jail nah, they felt behind the cries of times. white women claiming they did something to them 30, 40 years ago. Are you shitting me right now? And you got these alleged pedophiles coming out of the woodworks 
It was an understanding that you went to the casting couch when you was in Hollywood. That's all I used to hear about. Mm. And since I was out there doing comedy, I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know. Uh, these folks come for me. I might have to, you know, I might have to, I might have to juke somebody, you know, yeah. if they come in and take me have to the casting get, couch because I ain't having it. Quick. <laughs> I ain't having it. I ain't going to no casting couch. I'm not here for it. And if you don't yeah, go to the casting couch, couch, if you ain't going to the, yeah, you, what? My grandmother don't play that phone. You'll be at the Lorraine well, and Bobbit that ass out here in these okay. streets. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be a whole lot of eunuchs out here in these streets messing with me in the casting couch. Um, but, <laughs> shut up, what happened? Shut up, Cut them all off. I'm not playing with these folks. I'm not the one for it. <laughs> so, you know, what's going to happen when, you know, you got these folks that, that, you know, you coming out and you trying to get your come up and these folks, you got to be, you know, sitting Will Smith and all of these different narratives that's coming out, you know, and you don't understand that, you know, sex has always been used as a mechanism to control and to intimidate. It keeps you in your low vibration. It's a function. It's an emotional experience that happens to you physically. There's nothing that is in our social landscape that makes a sexual intimacy encounter anything more than a physical encounter mm. that's being used as right. a means to oppress, suppress, and control. Mm. Even that. So when you go to the casting couch, you got to pay homage. You get, you get invited to these weirdo parties and you're expected to take these drugs. And a person like me, I'm like, nah, I'm good, thanks. Keep that. I'm good. Tea. I need to stay sharp. Okay. Bring me some water. I got, a, I got a fire set coming up. You better get your mind right. I never liked it to get faded before my set. I never liked to get faded. I... I wouldn't even have a drink before my set. Mm. I need to have, I have flip cards in my head when I used to do my set. Mm. I had cards literally in my head so that I can remember the continuity of my, of my, my jokes. Right. My stories. That's I didn't it. tell jokes. Key. My stories. That's no joke. Because I'll get fuzzy in a minute. Don't have me drinking. Yeah. Let me check in with the people's. Um, thank y'all for checking. The people's damn. We appreciate y'all and thank y'all for checking in. Thanks. Um, again, if you find a value in this conversation, please uh, share the video, share the link with your people, share the link on your page. Um, and let's talk about it. Let's 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 check in. If we appreciate y'all when y'all checking with the conversation, brother Kareem, peace and blessings. Uh, 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 Kali, thank you for joining us. Uh, brother Kareem says there is continuous weakness now among our people. Oh, this thing is moving. I'm gonna go over here. Yes, go on. Go to that one. Go to that one. Alright, <laughs> there's continuous weakness now among our people because of alliances with them. Our people don't even realize that because of this pandemic and protest BS. We are free now, more than ever, more free than ever. Oh, sorry, for free than ever. But they're running back to the plantations. We are free. Laws, law, laws, and law enforcement is confused and stutter stepping. Uh oh, he said anyone who needs to witness the in the 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 realities of the casting couch go to Pornhub. Oh, now, Google when it, I yeah. came up yeah, back in the day, time. the Pornhub was you had to pay for porn. Porn was not readily accessible. Now, porn you can just Google it and it just pops up for you. These little kids out here, 10, 11 years old, twelve years old, online watching this foolishness. Yeah, they also infusing in the kids stuff too. They be well, now it's in the children. Two minutes into their man, little into their little they commercials and into their stuff. little Listen. something about Mickey Mouse. They had something and going on at Momo the. And the and I was like, what is going on? Why would they want the children to be engaged in in sexual activity? I don't understand. I remember that Jean Benet case. This little girl looked like a little grown woman. I mean, she looked like a little porcelain doll, to be honest with you. But she was a real person. And this little girl disappeared. These, the family, nothing happened of it. Nothing came of it. This little yeah, girl just, just disappears. Somebody said she turned into somebody else now, but I don't know. You know Man, no. Was, like, I don't know. They, they were saying that it was some it. weird, funny business going on with those parents and that yeah. little girl. Um, that case is 25, 30 years old, Jean Benet Ramsey. 
Yes, Brother Cali says we need to come together to better ourselves, but we need to start with the black family. The black family. Once the family is together, then we can start bringing together our neighbors and the communities. We need to come together in the home first. Too much broken homes. Ashay, that's what we were talking about. That radical individualism um, that's that's become accustomed that become accustomed to our space now. You know, and it's in the black family. We we was, we've said before many times, like the, the big mama's gone. Right, the, the no, idea they, they diminished, they, big they diminished the idea of Big Mama. There used to be, remember, if you watch Soul Food, you know the idea of Big Mama, you know, you know Martin Big Mama's house and all that type of stuff. But there was that grandmother, that that griot, that elder in the family that that was the glue to keeping family together. Why? Because that 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 elder they held the history, right? right? They were they, they were the closest to the, the the harshest parts of our history. Oh, but we, they all. I'm sorry, I mean, no, no, go, yeah. but they also made sure there was a standard morality, right? They made sure you knew that it was expected. African excellence is an expectation. You're not going to be out here clowning. You're not going to be disgracing your family. Mm. That's how we maintained that. So now when they came out with Stella with her groove back and grandmas became 40-year-olds, now you nobody want to be Big Mama because growing old is shameful in this country. Right. That, and that's the thing, too. Growing, growing old, old is, is shameful. a shameful thing. You start touching 30, you're supposed to be scared and shook. You know, it's like, and, and it's so funny to me when, when we have these narratives because like, nobody tells you about it. But like, I remember when I turned That's not 30, true for the African it's community, not true, It's not true for us. I mean, As we, we age, we like looking, the age because we, we like to like get the looking. wisdom. We like to get the wisdom. We look, we be sixty looking like we thirty anyway. So, okay. but that's also, you know, that's also energy wise. And you can keep leading a good life, and you keeping your stress low and all that type of stuff. You get to look like that. But I learned that when, when in being around, not only crossing over the thirty threshold, but being around fifties and sixty year olds and seeing like there's a beauty in, in actually really growing older. And we we make it become a fear in this community to where it's like now grandma has to be um out with with mama and and the daughter they have to go out together and they have to do the pictures with like guess guess who's the grandma guess who's the mother and all that's cute and all that type of stuff but that, that's proof that black don't crack but it's just a it, stick it, though that's, that's sticky where the is, thing the, is where is where's the, the, the wisdom the, that you pass down wisdom, from the generation the growth the history the culture because that's what lies in the spirit of, right. of, the, of the big mama or the big papa the you know the granddaddy, pappy, granddaddy who never pop, said pop. too much but when he spoke it was you better take note you remember and you don't know, get don't don't have don't have me get my belt. whole family stopped and listen to pat pat don't stop. have me go get my belt <laughs> okay you don't want that but you also heard the word when it came up because my grandfather wasn't a real talker mm-hmm. i was the one of the grandkids he played with the most because i was just playful like that i just used to be all crawling all over his head and I was. I used to be. He used to take me out, you know, and and take me to buy candy and stuff like that. I I used to want to be nosy while he was working on the car and get down there and say, "What you doing under there?" And go down there and lay on the ground and see up under the car with him and, you know. But I was the eldest grandchild. But you know, but he really wasn't a talking person. You know, I remember how manhood looked. Grandfather used to go to work. He worked full time, overnight shift at the mill, at some some sort of factory. Well, come home, my grandmother packed his lunch every night. You know, he'd come home when it's pay time. He'd give my grandmother money, sit on an uh, envelope right there on the dining room table. I wake up, I see the envelope sitting there. You know what? And then you know what's going to happen next? Grandma's going to go in that envelope. She's going to take out some money. She's going to take it to the bedroom and put it on the table next to his watch. That's what she giving him out of his paycheck. That's how that thing go. And grandma take the rest of that money because I never knew my grandmother to be without anything. She always had something to give. Um, and so life was very different. And these folks came in with their narratives because the goal was 
this is me. I'm on this now. I'm saying, how many things can we do to keep these folks from unifying, coming together, aligning themselves? First of all, once you align yourself together on this countryside, on in America, you're gonna align yourself with your with your parent company, with your parent country, Mama Africa. Once you align yourself with Mama Africa, now you have control of resources and assets. Because here in America, you don't really have access to anything. These folks got the monopoly, they've dominated everything. So, but once you come together mentally, emotionally, psychologically, you got folks with multimillionaires. Oprah was on the freaking Forbes list back in 2009 and something other. She was one of the top richest people in the world. I mean, in America. America, yeah. On, on 200, <laughs> she was number 260 on the richest person in America. At, I think in like 2009. I'm going to post it on, on sound bites on Instagram. And she can't do nothing with that money to help African people on the ground here in America. That's significant. So you paid a few people's tuition. You've created the, the solution that you've created ensures that you're still a serf in the master's house. Uh-huh. You're not creating self-sufficiently and self-reliance. Right. What African people need to be able to create unabridged is Black Wall Streets, where we have our own industry, and we support ourselves, and we invest in what we want to invest in. But see, white center consciousness continues to curtail our efforts intentionally. And if we do something like Acon, they're gonna have their hand in it which means they're going to ensure that they can monitor what you're doing. Why they want to monitor what you're doing, African? Why they want you, why they want to have control of what you think and sleep and eat and all of this stuff? Why do they need that? What's the, what's the necessity? What's the reason for it? Everybody else's people get to do what they want to do until these folks show up on their doorstep. And if they can't manipulate them, like Cuba or Haiti, then all of a sudden they want to make them enemy of the state. They want to tell you that they're this. They want Venezuela and, and, and Nicaragua. They want to tell you all these narratives about why they don't want to play games. But they, it's propaganda. It's propaganda. African people running around here under the type of mental and emotional stress saying, well, where is a safe space for African people? Where can we go? Is there anywhere we can go and be safe? And even if you're safe from a person, you know, in the Matrix, the Matrix is no one, yet it is everyone. Who do you see? Teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we're trying to save. Those people are a part of that system. Most of them are so inert, sold them, so committed to the system that they will fight to protect it. Right? The system is everyone, yet it is no one. The matrix is if you are not one of us, you are one of them. You are a faculty of the matrix. And white center consciousness, as I've been calling it, is inside of even non is inside of even African people. Some of us are even trapped in the matrix. Some of us are even perpetuating the destruction against our own people because we are consenting to things that don't actually help us. Giving African people jobs is not helpful to African people as a collective. It might be helpful to an African person, and it will support classism within our African landscape, further maintaining the disconnection and defragmenting of our community. Because you got some African women who are out here, you know, married to Jesus, and they making six figures, and they out here popping their fingers, and they praising the Lord, but they're not checking for these African men. And they waiting for a man to do this, and they're holding African men to a standard that white-centered consciousness has consistently suppressed in an African man. How many African men, straight African men, committed to an African family out here making six figures? How many? Small margin. Small margin. Small margin so insignificant you can't even count the number. Can't even make, can't even get to the numbers. They right. cut our brothers down. Then they got some more, they got, that's got some more science that says three, uh-huh. uh, four, three out of four Africans will have had an uh, interaction with the law enforcement before 21. Maybe it's a good one. And for the African, 
you want to try not to have interaction with the police as much as possible because police are enemies of African people. It is what it is. Because mm. if you're not talking against it, silent approval. Then the right. good police officers are now slotted with the bad police officers. Mm. Simple as that. And silence and neutrality in the face of injustice Doesn't is to work. be complicit with it. Peace and blessings of the families. We'll do a quick check-in. So, Emeka uh, Pera, if I'm saying that correctly, peace and blessings, thank you for joining in, uh, says emphatically, white supremacy is in its final days and these demons are going to use weak and ignorant black people to prolong their racist and moral corrupt systems. These demons are often cooning Negroes and, and, and our children. Uh, we must never allow these demons to educate our children. We must realize that we're in a war against white supremacy and we will win if we decode white supremacy and unite. I agree with Africanness that you mentioned, uh, Shay. Um, Brother Eric says, what about the abuse charges in the schools in Africa? Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, there is, there is dysfunction. A lot of the African countries have just received over the past 40, 50 years some up to about 57 years have received their um, independence from colonialism, right? So white center consciousness was in Africa from, these are the remnants of the Berlin Conference, mm. right? African countries receiving their independence are the remnants of the Berlin Conference during, um, they came in and they all had a conference in Belgium, Berlin, Virgil, Belgium, Berlin, mm. Berlin, Berlin, and they came together and they decided they were going to, well, look, we're going to go into Africa. You take this piece, you take this piece, you take this piece. Y'all, you know what? Man, we, you know what? Just split Nigeria in half. You take this piece and I'll take this piece. Right? So who gave them the right to do that, first of all? And how are you going to come to this house? Because these people, didn't have, they had superior weapons. So because they had superior weapons, they were able to intimidate in a different kind of way. And they just took these folks' land. Period. Done. So a lot of African countries are suffering from white center consciousness and brown skin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They too have an unfortunate inability to think in African. They have the traditions, and they have some of our culture from our from the us, back. Definitely, they have our culture. They have some of our narratives from from before, but unfortunately, they've been diluted significantly as well. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also creating more dissension in our community as a whole. So as far as the African is concerned, whiteness hasn't brought any good things to us. It hasn't brought anything good to us. African people, if not, if not, un if not abridged, would have evolved anyway because of, by virtue of necessity, we would have evolved on our own accord. Mm. We didn't need white people to bring us whatever medical, whatever they was doing, because they were doing surgeries before they ever seen white folks. Yeah, herbal and like they were doing herbal medicine. Like they were doing ar different. architecture, architecture that they to this day cannot tell you how it got there. Carvings with Magic so much detail that they still cannot tell you with the precision. How were they able to? Have you seen the tombs? Have you seen the carvings in um, marble? Have you seen the hieroglyphics inside of marble? You see the paint that is on the on mm -hmm. the caves that have lasted to this day. I guarantee you, if Africans had never seen white folks, they would have been just fine. Mm. So I'm not crediting because these folks be asking me crazy questions like, so you know, what about medicine and technology? Technology was going to show up anyway because it was going to show up by necessity. Right. And African people. African man created the cell phone. Bring that exactly. 
African people created the 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 the, the, the cotton gin. Young. African people were creating technology already, even in slavery. They were creating technology. We would have been fine, exactly. folks. Just and the fact that you would even consider pattern. why we needed to have this interactions in order for us to elevate says something about where your consciousness is. Focus up. You gotta use Instagram. A twenty-one-year-old Nigerian kid created the algorithm. Created at twenty-one. And and works that whole space. Fourteen-year-old created solar panels that brought electricity to his entire community. Fourteen-year-old. 14-year-old, and he didn't have no sponsor. Apple didn't go down there and give him no part, no superior parts. He created that out of his own divine consciousness, out of the code of our ancestors, welled up inside of this 14-year-old, and he created solar paneling for his entire community. Absolutely. So I'm here to say that independence is very possible. I say that white center consciousness unfortunately is a distraction and it has destructive nature when it comes to African people building up unity so that we can focus up. So this is why when African people are doing their healing processes, white center consciousness, white people should not be there. Right. They should not be there because they're, they're, they're by very nature, they're not in their own, they haven't done their own evolution because this is why these conversations make them uncomfortable. It shouldn't, but for some reason, why these things are actually factual and in textbooks that they've written, because the majority of us as African people have not gone to a lot of these places and done this research ourselves. But they're still, unfortunately, they don't want to deal with this conversation in any way that's authentic. So I'm tired of talking to white people about these types of things because you're not going to keep being condescending to me and making me feel like I'm in some kind of warped mind to me for me to be coming out with this reality. I've created these theories based on a consistent line, but most importantly, of observation. The greatest indicator of the future is the past. I don't need any confirmation from you. What I need you to do is give me solutions. Remember the milk campaign? Everybody got milk. They had African people drinking milk, which you shouldn't be drinking milk because it's creating pus in your system. You African person drinking cow's milk, Okay, you shouldn't be drinking that. See, that's why I say African people and people of white center consciousness or, or, or non-melanated people have different needs, even biophysiological needs. We have different biophysiological needs. We have different emotional and spiritual nourishment needs. And we continue to try to put things from the matrix onto our people that are creating more problems within our society. Checking in with the with the people's uh, brother Kali says um, all these celebrities are controlled by the system and the system is designed to oppress us. They have to they have to in order to stay in control of, of whatever they have in their space. Um, our young people have no clue about the real Black history. No, not at all. It's, it's a paragraph. It's a paragraph in their textbooks. And now they said they got think about migrant workers. Talk about like, the, the Texas textbooks. They have the nerve to say slaves and indigenous people were migrant workers. Like they've just filled an application and equally agreed on moving around the land and, and working for free land. and That's having the their skin cut and, and being lynched on Sunday right after church. Absolutely. Speak, right. Speaking of, speaking of church. Um, Brother Brother Callie also says, in this day and age, the only time black people come together is in the church. However, the system yeah, controls that. Yeah, but they're not that. talking about but there nothing. Is a, but there is a big awareness happening today due to events like this and social media. Absolutely. Oh, shame. Black magic, Brother Eric. Well, absolutely. let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. 
No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, we're gonna want to make sure we, we get there. Yeah, they keep our comments coming. Give um, thanks, man. We don't want to miss the point and be past the points. Give thanks. Um, Brother Kali also says the Haitian people, in order for them to like the, the Haitian Revolution, absolutely, the Haitian people, in order for them to come together to not only beat Napoleon but England and Spain, they use voodoo. They brought them together in a plan, and then what mm. they want to call all that, what it's satanic and witchcraft and whatever, whatever. Got you, Chris, got you going away from your own. So sanctified and peaceful and nice to to peoples of all backgrounds. Man, please, it was anyway. Christian folks that was lynching black folks after the church service on Sunday. They go home and eat dinner and come back out for some entertainment. Entertainment. It was lynching an alligator food. Alligator bait. Brother, you know. brother Arik says, oh, he says it was a windmill, not a solar panel. Um, it was a movie about it. What's the name of the movie, Brother Arik? A windmill? Windmill. windmill. Excuse me. He generated energy. Sorry. No, generated. but you know what? There's two different cases. There, no, it was solar panels. Um, and then there's the windmill mm. that generated the energy. But we're talking about possibly there's a village in Nigeria, a village in um, Gambia. Gambia, yeah. Gambia. So there was a real case of solar paneling in some village in Gambia. Yeah, so sure. Um, definitely, for sure. So we, we have the brilliance. We have the space. But we what, what, actually we don't have the space. That's the thing. We and don't have the, the space. And we this is the why they want to keep us brilliance. tight. We have the wherewithal in any circumstance to adapt and move accordingly. But we have not been given the opportunity to flex that, 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 that wherewithal and that, and that strength. That we that we innately have to move in tune with the earth and then the movements and the changes mm. within, within time. We are people of the zeitgeist. We 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 move within how Give the times are changing and we're constantly molding and evolving and adapting because that is just what's in our nature. Um, you know, and so so it, it behooves us to really connect with that energy of of who we are in connection with the earth and connection with the way time actually moves. Right, and, and and we need to be clear that in the space of healing, we have not we're at a low percentage of actually healing. Our our battery is like not even anywhere near forty. So many of us haven't even begun to start healing. Some and family, share the like link, please, please, on your on your um in your networks, please. To cut you across, yep. please share the link. Thank you, brother Irik, for sharing the link for yeah. sharing with the family. Absolutely, we appreciate you. Yes. Um. True. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. No, I was saying. I was saying. So it's important for us to just reiterate. It was important for us to get in tune with how important it is for us to have our own safe spaces, right? Um, and that, it, and not in any instance. If you, if you are a creator of a space, if you say that African spirituality or, or blackness or is what you want to mold for your people, you want to get a better identity, um, and and build these groups and strengthen that fortification of black unity and oneness and. And, and righteousness, then you need to be committed in that, and that these spaces cannot be infiltrated by non-melanated people. Period. It's not about hating anybody. It's literally about loving you. Because if you love yourself enough, it matters to not have any disruptions in your healing process. There's nobody to open that door. There's nobody to give, to give you a call or send you a text, um, so to speak, figuratively and literally, in your process that is not in, in tune with what your process is. That doesn't mean, oh, I just want my white friend along because we about to go eat after. No. Heal, go the fuck home. Sit and meditate on what you've learned from what your you healing learned. space. Get back to the other stuff maybe tomorrow, if ever. But really, it's your healing space is your healing space. There's no healing for the African when, there's a, when this, the African spirit is disrupted. Period. And we need that because of the way that we are, our, our essential makeup. Mm. It needs that. It needs that fortification. It needs those pe those spaces for us. First of all, we gotta tune up. It, when you're when you're building up and you're conjuring your energy and you're you're bringing in the ancestral energy, and I can tell you from my experience, sometimes you need a little momentum. 
you need a, you know, you need a, 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 you need a call. You need bells. You need uh, um, instruments. You need uh, affirmation. You need sound. You need the energy. You need the intention um, that comes out of that space. And even if you've never seen it, you know it's there. And this is part of what has happened with um, the church community. The church for the African has become ineffective mm. for raising African mm. revolutionaries. It used to be sure. the meeting place during a time when we needed that as support to nourish right. us spiritually. It now fails because we, what, we know, what we don't know is we, that we haven't discovered what we actually need for our current situation. What we need for today, it fails to provide that support. It, it continues to create this radical individualism in us because if I feel good, if I'm in alignment with God, I'm if straight. I'm getting my blessings, yeah, if my I'm name. straight, I've got my prayers up, I'm, I, you know, I, you know, I got my sink cup clean, I'm straight. I'm doing a little, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out here and feed a few homeless people. I'm going to mm -hmm. give out a few meals. I'm, I'm going to donate a few bags of clothes. Things that are not in support of African-centered consciousness, nor is it in support of community nation building. None of it. So it, 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 because, because of the way that it is structured, it continues to have, yes, you should be doing self-mastery, but self-mastery as a pillar within the African diaspora, within creating and fortifying your community from child to the future. In Africa, we say the children, because all children are our children, our children, even if they're not your biological children, even if you don't know the mothers. There's mothers wailing right now for their children. Elijah McLean's mother is wailing her son right now. You mean to tell me I got to be quiet because you're uncomfortable with my conversation? I could care less about your feelings. Work them out. We're not children here. This is real life. People are really dying. We got African people because we're not in our position to do the support that we need and provide the help that we need to our community, and we don't necessarily have the funding. Mm -hmm. And institutions get funding that go into our community and provide dis distraction to our people under the guise of help, right? We got African people who don't have African consciousness who are out here doing healing work, who've been trained by the matrix to do it their way, which continue to create results that support and fortify the matrix. Right, but we're not clear about that. The African is not going to heal with the Matrix's tools for healing, because the Matrix tools for healing is about healing those that are from the Matrix, that those that are from that, that are from and, and benefit from and white that consciousness and that frequency. Yes, there is a frequency to all of us, and the African vibrates on a specific frequency that needs to be matched and balanced every single turn in order to propagate to, to be revitalized, propagate in the proper way. Period. But so, do we know that? No, because so many, so many of us are ambivalent. We're afraid to take that position because we, we've already accepted subordinate posture in the matrix. We've accepted that we need this framework. Right. Well, unfortunately, as long as we're not in a critical mass, which all of this media money and all of this, you know, carrots that they keep waving in front of folks' head and everybody got their, their, their intentions and their value systems all screwed up and everybody's trying to get they come up and secure the bag... Mm -hmm. foolishness we're gonna be this way because this is what it takes it takes that you have a focus on your commitment to the diaspora not just the self you got to get out of your physical experience oh my stuff 
Mm-mm. We got to create us, our things. Yeah. And sometimes you forego the battle for the war. This low, these low-hanging fruit right here, let them folks rock out with these low-hanging fruit. They are literally low-hanging fruit. Like I said, we can have a 10-year plan. I'm really going to have a, a conversation of mutual benefit right now. A conversation of mutual benefit. You want workers that are compliant. You want people to do your bidding. It ain't going to be Africans because Africans, we woke. All of us, all 42 million Africans is woke right now. We on cold and we ain't having it. So we want our coin. This is a, These are our terms. Bop, 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 bop. You know what? Send your corporations over there to Africa, and we got them. They're going to be meeting some architects over there because we need them to do some work. This Write this into that contract for reparations. Bop, bop, bop. We having an outpost in countries such, 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 such. We got the central ward over here that's going to be the mecca of all things, etc., etc. And all Africans of all cultures are coming together to make their plans, and these are our schematics. So this is what we want. We want this. We want the hospital. We want this. We want that. We want the bridge. We want this. We want that. We want the agriculture, et cetera, et cetera. Go over there and do that. Now get out. Bye. Mm-hmm. We're our check. We will be collecting our check. Our payments need to be coming over the next 80 years. How did they do Haiti? How France did Haiti like that? Got Haiti paying money because they didn't want to be slaves. Haiti, you, you, you created a contract on a land that wasn't yours. African people should have been like, you know what? First of all, take your contract and wipe your ass with it. We ain't paying you a damn thing. But Haiti wouldn't pay these folks because they stood alone out there. Mm. Because Africans in America were busy trying to get the police dogs off their backs. Mm. Trying to hide from the overseers out here in America. They did Haiti. They had Haiti paying them money. And and I don't know where in white city consciousness that makes sense. First of all, it wasn't your right to have access to that land. The fact that you took access to that land, now you feel that these people, because they don't drape demonia, because they don't want to be slaves, because they fought and put your ass out of their country, that they now have to pay France's coffers for them to sustain all these Africans running to Paris. In my school, they always oh, took us to Paris. You know, they, they pushed that real Eurocentric concept of consciousness, and they embed it into your function. And this is how they overlay this space. This is how they consistently overlay it. And the, all these Africans, oh, we went to Paris. And they're over there milking Haiti for, 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 for decades. For decades. Haiti didn't get in the condition it's in by itself. Haiti was off to a very good start, thank you very much. Once they got them folks up out their house, got to get them up out of there. Hmm. But see, this is white center consciousness that makes them feel entitled to being able to call and exploit these folks. So we want our check over the next, how many? 400 years, family? 400 years. I don't care who's in power. I don't care who the legal people, who who your legal team is. We need to make sure we get in our coin. It needs to come wire, however it needs to come. And we need to make sure that it's in the contract that no matter what financial system is in place, because I'm telling you, they're going to change it up. And they, they change it up. They're going to change it up again. They've been changed up. They're going to change it up again. Whatever the situation is, we need the equivalent plus inflation, right? African, make sure you remember inflation. Because mm-hmm. $400,000 in, in, in 1820 is not the same as $400,000 in America. So when you make this over the next 10 years, we want our coin, we got our project, we know the scope of our projects, and buy. And we'll leave. You don't want us here, we can go. And for them Africans 
who love to love who love to be indentured servants, who love to be serfs in the master's house, y'all can stay right here. But after ten years, those borders will be closing. So if you're not on the right side of this conversation, you will be stuck here for the duration. By the end. And there is no later on second guessing, rechanging your mind. There's none of that. You won't have that option. You won't have that option. Because it was African people that moved and maneuvered in the Black Panther Party. It was African people that maneuvered. So once you stay and you make your commitment to stay here inside of the madness, you are here. And that's it. Bye. Our borders are locked. And that's the end of that conversation. That's it. Because that's what actually would be good for the African. Because if the authentic conversation, and I'm not talking about, at the end of the day, this is all that's available. This is all that's available. Because if you're not willing to have an authentic conversation about the, the suffering and what's happening with the African people at the hands of whiteness, then we still need to create solutions for our situation. We can't wait to get folks on par with our narrative because we don't need to confirm our narrative. We're living it. We know what's going on with our people. We see the police attacking our community. We know that Karen said, I'm calling the police because she can. Because the police are a mechanism to support whiteness, not African people, not to provide services to Africans. It is there to oppress Africans. Policing is, is, is the remnants of the slave catchers, the patrolmen. So it has never been helpful to the African. So while you're trying to figure yourself out, you, are, you got a very limited amount of time to do so. Tick-tock, and that clock will end, and the borders will close. Nobody in, nobody out. Goodbye. And that's the done deal for the next thousand years so that Africans can get back to their self. And if they're going to be over there on the countryside fighting each other, so be it. They will work it out. Hopefully, we would have come to a position of peace over that 10-year process of preparing our consciousness, and that's the end of that. We don't need white folks' drones coming over our airspace. We don't need your submarines showing up. You got to think like the master's house. Think like what they think like. Don't send your submarines. Don't send your drones. Don't send your bugs. Don't send your mosquitoes from whatever whatever lab you built, you bathed them. Don't send, don't put no, no, nothing out of freaking water. Stay your ass out of here. See, but you know why it's in the consciousness and the malice that it has always created? What can we expect? We can expect intrusion. We can expect that they're going to try to get their asses back up in there somehow. We can expect that. And unfortunately, there's going to have to be some Africans that's going to have to stay on the countryside that's going to have to play the spook that sat beside the door for us. So we can keep on tabs on these folks. Like they keep tabs on everybody else. African, you better be on point. You better be thinking clear. You better stop tap dancing out here talking about baby showers and, and, and kindergarten graduations and foolishness while you celebrating your children being miseducated. And you're not even supplementing their education with the right type of education for the African soul. You can't just be going to school for these folks to pour into you. You have to already be filled. You have to compartmentalize the usefulness of anything you get from the matrix. Because the reason why we're in the situations that we're in is because we have not compartmentalized the usefulness of these things. Many of them are destructive to the African community because by virtue they support other communities. So there's two things that's happening here, and there's not going to be one conversation. There is one humanity, all people, but since the social landscape is not creating unity, we still have to protect ourselves and make, position, and make plans 
and develop strategies to protect the African community. That's the only smart thing to do. Otherwise, it demonstrates what has been true of us so far is our lack of political uh, maturity. Our, we're too engulfed in our emotional experiences and feelings. And it's intentional that we've been reduced to, to feelings. That happened over the past 25 years. That they've literally reduced human beings. Everybody is in their feelings now. Feelings are unfortunately keeping you from making decisions responsibly and strategically. Oh, we don't want to do this. This makes me uncomfortable. It's my anxiety. I'm just like, got too many feelings. Work it out, African. Suck it up. Tighten up. That's all I got to say, family. <laughs> what we saying out there? Brother Arik said, um, they made the movie about him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, family. So, look, what we doing? Like I said, the 10-year plan. What do you think? What's your 10-year plan for the African diaspora? Yeah, not share just, that with us. What not do you just think? yourself. What is your 10-year plan? Talk to us, family. Because we need immediate we need immediate results, family. We can't continue to wait on these folks. And every time we wait on them, it puts us in a more vulnerable position because the more we wait, they fortify. The more we wait, they keep fortifying. They keep coming up with diseases, trying to hurt people, trying to break down our internal codes, our systems. They keep doing it. They keep trying to weaken us because the plan is to subjugate. How? I was in a jail. I was working in a prison. There's 32 officers. No, I'm one to 52. My unit has 52 inmates. I'm one officer. I'm outnumbered and outgunned. If they decide they want to take that facility, I could. they could. I'm in a situation. I'm on a chain gang. It's 15 inmates. I'm on a chain gang. I got a driver, and then I have a shotgun. One person might take a bullet because you got a cock. You got a cock back, shotgun. My, my partner, the driver, he might get one off, but it's 15 of them. They're going to they overtake us. So the reason why intimidation is used, the reason why so much smoke and mirrors in the matrix and the media is used to manipulate, including it's manipulating white people too, and it's keeping them dumb as a box of rocks about mm -hmm. all of this stuff. Keeping them complacent. It's keeping them, they're, but, they're, but they also... They're, yeah, they're not, you know, excluded from this manipulation conversation either. Those that aren't in tune with what's happening by virtue of what the matrix is doing, they're also asleep and also very much complicit in not only their own destruction, but also destruction of the African people, no matter how liberal they think they may be um, or how down in, the, down in the outs and all that type of stuff, they're just as complicit and um, just as fools. They don't have, they, they haven't yet gotten the capacity, you know, uh, sister, oh gosh, I want to think of her name right now, Robin, she has the book White Fragility. You want to check it out, White Fragility. Um, yeah, uh, Salazar says, um, yeah, they, they tell Africans not to associate with Africans on the ground. Yeah, there's, there's, there's layers of people who are working in the matrix in different functions that support white supremacy and ensure that they maintain defragmenting the African community. So Africans that come here from the countryside are often more agreeable. They've dealt with colonialism. They're in generations, and they're also coming here, and they want to be a part of the system. They want to. They they bought into this concept of land of the free, free opportunity. Come up and get you come up and get this coin by any means necessary about all of these costs. And they get to surpass African people who've been here building this country, who has built this country, who are to credit for what it has created up until now as opportunity for anybody who has showed up in the past. 
150 years. Anybody that got here the past 150 years reaped the benefits of the work and the blood and the soil that African people paid many with their lives mm -hmm, to come into this experience. So, yeah, they tell the Africans because they're more agreeable not to associate with us. And then some of our ignorance, because when they come here, they don't have no money a lot of times, and they move into communities where there's a lack of exposure, where you got our African family members who are clowning and cooning and acting a fool and doing the jig. You know how we do. You know, we <laughs> do the jig. jig. You know, we out here throwing our asses yeah, and we're getting into a whole lot of foolishness. And they get to see the worst of our community first. So then they develop an impression, and that further draws them away from our community. That's unfortunate. It's a reality. It's something we get to fortify. We get to fortify that. Because they move it, including the Bangladeshi and the Asians and everybody else, including some white folks. They move into America and they come into these communities and they come into communities of color because they got a roommate or they got a, they need cheap rent or whatever the case may be. And they move into communities where things are a little bit cheaper, happen to be some hoods and ghettos where black folks is at. And what we do, we clown them, we rob them. You know how many white folks told me they've been robbed by black folks in these hoods? That ain't all right. That ain't all right. I'm just saying. You coming at one white person. The matrix is a system. It's not a person. People make things happen, and people don't make things happen. You could have probably had a better opportunity for tasking that white person and taking them to school and treat them like freaking they do you. When you come around, listen, when I lived in Tennessee, I couldn't... White folks love me. They used to they sit in my cell. I told you they unpacked my truck when I moved in. My neighbor took me to her house. Her, her sons and her husband unpacked my moving truck. I didn't have to do a thing. They put all my furniture in my house. Neighborly. Curious. Want to know about us. Want to know about our family. Isaiah used to go over there and jump on their trampoline. They had a huge trampoline in the backyard. They had a big-ass golden retriever. And they used to be on the, two of them used to be on the, uh, the, the, Isaiah used to go out the back door on the porch and go right next door and be on the trampoline with her dog on the trampoline. I work nights, so she'd say, don't worry about it, just send him over here, he can play with the dog. And he would always come back with cookies and stuff, apples, a handful of grapes. Okay, mom, woke, she said, come back, Miss Pearl said, come back over here and wake you up for work. So, I mean, you got to understand your experiences and your exposure, where you've been in life. Mm -hmm. And this is our community experience. And we get to know, we get to have our one-on-one, -on -one, our one-on-one man-on-man conversations. Because all white is not created equal. All nobody is nothing. But we don't have the time, nor the fortitude, nor the support to be able to start sifting through. We can't do it. It's not available to us. So we got to make a decision based on our current circumstances and based on what we are going through right now. And we need a plan that works for the Africans' long-term experience. And some of these folks got to get out of their feelings. If these folks don't want us here, we got somewhere to go. We don't actually have to stay here. So you don't have to continue to move into these communities. I just saw an article recently with uh, a woman out here living in this house and in this white community, and the brother got to sit on her, on her front deck um, with a shotgun trying to keep her safe because they're throwing dead squirrels on her porch and, and dog feces at her house. White people are doing this to this woman. So, Cointel Pro, I want you to know that if the Matrix wants to get rid of racist groups, they can do it because they did exactly the same thing with Black Panthers. 
So don't be fooled by a little short-term conversation talk and painting streets and all that. I don't want to hear any of that because I know what they did to, with Cointelpro. When J. Edgar Hoover made it his intention to make sure that he um, dismantled African liberation groups and support for African people, he made that his intention. If they make it their intention to get rid of these white hate groups, they can. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow. Just like that. Because they claim they got a database that they created after the Patriot Act. That they got a list of all of these folks and they know exactly where they are. And there are not that many. They can go get rid of them if they want to. So the fact that they're keeping them lets me know that somebody wants to keep them. It is whiteness and white hate as a mechanism. As something to keep you distracted and off focus. And African people come out of these communities where these white folks is at. Because you don't know where you at. Because all white is not created equal. Come out of these communities. Get to your hood and get into service in your communities and start healing some people out there. Get around your people because there's still energy that even even some of us that's not well, we still conjure a certain kind of energy when we're in our communities. Get off from around these folks. Sending your kids off to college in these communities. You know, the woman sends her son up there to college and, gosh, I'm going to say his name right now, and he gets pulled out. He's with white friends. And they pull him, Daniel, oh gosh, Daniel, Daniel, Leroy, Leroy, Daniel, Daniel. Trying to think of the case where the boy gets shot by police and he's with his white friends and they kill him. And they just silence his professional family, like the Cosby's. They were like quintessential black family. And they send their kids to upstate New York. And this kid gets killed, 21 years old, away at college. He's with his white friends and his white friends are flipping out, talking about, but they silenced them real quick. They paid them, they gave them a gag order, and they literally disappeared off into the sunset. This family is writhing in pain. I can't even imagine what's going on with them. Leroy, I think his name was Daniel Leroy something. Um, and it's from about 2014, 2015, maybe 2013. Hmm. And he's away at college. And he's up there in these communities where they got these crazy police officers. You got your kids out there, they're not safe. All of the kids, to give them a better education so they can be further uned- miseducated. Where was this at? Because ultimately, upstate New York. Oh, okay, never mind. His name was Daniel something. Okay. I'm not, I don't think um, his name was I'm Daniel. I'm familiar with that case. Yeah, uh, I'm going to find it. I've shared it so many times on my page. But family, this is for us to do. And we got to fortify and we got to share this information and we got Definitely. to have these conversations with our community. And we got to continue to have them in our community. And we got to begin to speak up. We're going to try to figure out some tactics and some methodologies where we can have these conversations on our jobs because we're not really having these conversations um, in a way that, self, that we get to advocate for ourselves. Um, and we got to use as much of it as we can. So you're going to be making a risk. It is what it is. You know, but you cannot continue to be intimidated. You're betraying your soul, and that's not helpful. You, 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 you're diminishing yourself and your spirit so you can come back to the communities of color and be an asshole. Because that's usually what happens. You get emasculated at work. You get cut down at work. You got people disrespecting you, and then you come back to your community, and you don't have anything to support your community with other than walking around here bougie like you better than somebody. Because that's the only time you can demonstrate some, some, um, some confidence in yourself is when you're around African people who may or may not be making six figures on the job. So now you get to throw your weight around. But when you're at work, they sunning your ass. Nah, you better do something different because I'm tired of these folks. I'm tired of it, family. We got to do something different. We got to fortify and we got to support having these conversations in our community. And you need to start working on what is good for the Africans' 10-year plan. What's your 10-year plan for the African family? So, look, we're going to wrap it up. 
Okay. We appreciate your family. Um, are, we, are you talking about uh, Brother um, uh, Khalif Browder? No, no. It's, his he name was Daniel, family. No, no, I'm going to no, find he, him. Eric was talking about somebody. Oh, okay. Um, also, uh, Brother Khalif okay. says, also, I believe that one black people... One, once black peoples learn the law of the land like white folks, we can better unite against the system. Use the laws like the Black Panthers did against the system. Yes, we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back. The protection of our people, one, you know, one community at a time, or all communities at one time. Whatever works, but it needs to get done. Um, so, definitely so. Let's keep these things in mind. Let's keep these conversations in mind. Let's have them as something to think about. Almost treat it like, you know, treat it like homework, you know, family. Like, let's, let's right. have it be something we could think about. You know, we, we come to you here at Sound Bites um, every week, Monday, uh, Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're here um, broadcasting and sharing within this message and sharing within this energy with you all. Um, let this time in between each meeting, you know, meeting happen that we, we, we think about these things. We, we, and we can hopefully come back with information to share with us, as I said, um, time and time again. This isn't just us uh, uh, talking at our people. We, mm -hmm. talk, we want to talk with you and exchange energy, exchange conversation, exchange thoughts, patterns, and belief systems that can support us in getting to our, the next step in our better selves. That's what these conversations are. That's right. You know, we can come up with topics every week of these conversations, and, but at the end of the day, it's an ongoing conversation that doesn't stop until we get to the, the, the destination that we need to get to. Right, so while we're on this journey, we want to journey together and, and, and have this conversation with you, family. So this is what Sound Bites is about. We, we give you these things in Sound Bites, um, you know, the different pieces and patterns of our human existence and experience to kind of mesh together into one big story that we can um, hopefully close out a chapter of, of pain, trauma, and destruction and bring forth one that's fortifying and, you know, vainglorious and, and, and yeah, powerful. Yeah, so, come on, family. Um, so we appreciate you, family. Um, yes, Khalif Browder, yes, absolutely. Um, so we thank y'all for, for joining us. This is again the Sound yeah. Radio. Oh, we're, uh, oh, we're also going to be on Bantu FM. Oh, yes, yes. So that, Bantu that's FM. That's so um, shouts out to our Zimbabwe crew, Zimbabwe Massive, Africa Massive. Uh, we appreciate our Zambia our and Zimbabwe. Zambia they and Zimbabwe. They represent both. Zombie <laughs> and Zimbabwe on Bantu FM Radio. Um, we Zombies uh, is broadcasting on Bantu FM Radio as well on uh, was it Tuesdays and Thursdays? And Thursdays, right? Right. So so we're here on, on Mondays and then we have African and Business generally on Wednesdays or so. Um, but you know they're they're, they're broadcasting our, our shows. Um, so for those overseas that may not catch us here, you can catch us uh, either on the replay or on Bantu FM Radio on uh, Tuesdays and, and Thursdays. We appreciate shouts out to Sister uh, Blackbird, Bantu Queen, and Bantu FM, Bantu Radio, Good and thanks. all and all about our our, our our channels of liberation that are being represented on that uh, station as well. We appreciate you, family. Um, so we're gonna get up out of here as we do, but you know, of course, before we go, we like to close out with the energy. Um, so you know, this some, it, it, we want to get you some, in the power of your I am. So we're gonna we're gonna rock, of course, and close out with our favorite joint. Also, before we go, of course, remember you can visit our website. This is soundbites.com. Um, that is where you can get access to. Um, our past episodes and podcast episodes on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So you can go hit the follow links on there. Hit the links and then hit follow um, when you're redirected there. Um, you can also, on, on the website, you can uh, follow our Instagram as well. Um, that's Soundbites International Radio in full on Instagram, as it sounds. Um, I mean, obviously with the Y, Soundbites. Yeah. Um, and we are on Instagram as well. We share daily content regularly, multiple times a day, just continuing these conversations, right, if you're on Instagram, in those particular types of sound bites, right, or visual 
bites, I guess you could say. Ah, visual bites. Um, so we are on sound bites. I mean, we are on Instagram as well. Also, again, on our, on our website, this is soundbites.com. There is a, a button where you can, if you feel so emboldened and you find value in what we bring here with the sound bites p- platform, you can contribute to what we're doing. As as we mentioned, sustainability is key. Um, and thank you. It was getting to that, but you know, you um, but you can contribute on our website, and this is soundbites.com. Also, as you see on the screen, there's a Soundbites Cash App, Soundbites Radio. You contribute that way as well. It was easy for you, any ease to provide support. Uh, we do appreciate any any sum, whatever whatever you choose. Um, we appreciate the love from the family, regardless. You know, it doesn't change us being here, but it does it does provide an opportunity for us to excel and, and grow our platform um, over time and to and provide more resources, um, mm-hmm. which is a goal here at Soundbites International Radio. We do we are looking to expand our space, expand our, our, our influence in this conversation in a way um, that goes beyond this platform as well. Um, so we do appreciate um, any sustainability and, and support we can get from you, from you, the community, because um, we all know the institutions out there and ready to support exactly in the same way. So community love is what we need. Uh, love is all community we need. Love is all. Um, so again, this is Hasir Khan Farad. This is Sam Nefarad. To my Absolutely. So this is uh, join. Stay with us. Rock with us for a bit. Um, get your I am on. Get your energy on before you hit the hay. If you're hitting the hay, if time even matters to you. Um, and this is I am. Uh, so this is Sound Bites International Radio, y'all. One love to y'all. Vibe with us. Let's Peace get it. Blessings. Peace and blessings. Get some of this. One love. Keep it tight. I walk the face of the earth with a boldness which makes people ask who sent you. I tell them I am. They tell me that's a cute affirmation, but it's not an answer. I reply, listen again. My affirmation is your answer. Reach the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. None of the truth can deny that. Hear the proof in the high hat. Hey, turn the reflection, I digress. I love me more, never love less. I love me more, never love less. Turn million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Look deep inside, yeah, you be the blessing. Million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Anything I want, yeah, turn up. This is the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. None of the truth can deny the power of I am. Some chocolate mofo, yeah. Anytime I'm on GoPro, never go high home growth. Let the spots with a coke so low. This is what foul morale so flow. So I pissed it fast, pitch it slow. To the cows call home, bro. It didn't make sense. I was told as a child I wouldn't be shit. Revenge on my mind, start flipping the script. They fed me lies, started puking that shit. They treated me different, I embraced that shit. You know the ones that be closest to you to be the family ties. Sacred bonds, seeing plenty murder, dirty, dirty service, little cuz cock up with a dirty burn up a bed. Believe in me a thousand percent Bet I achieve what I was sitting here to get And I couldn't resist Killing these niggas with their toxinness Without a poppin' piss or monotonous Told myself I couldn't rock with this Hanging with goofies couldn't get rich True blood suckers couldn't see bliss Couldn't see shits Chris gold face Nigga, nigga, they're wrong I ain't regurgitating, percolating Singing the same song I'm blessed all day long say I'm washed. Well, they're absolutely right. I am washed. As in washed, cleansed, and purified of the nonsense they tried to attest to my context. I am resilient. I am more than a survivor. I am a thriver. Reach the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. 
None of the truth could deny that. Yeah, the proof in the high hat. Eternal reflection, I digress. I love me more than the loveless. I love me more than the loveless. Million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Look deep inside, yeah, you be the blessing. Million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Anything I want, yeah, turn up. This is the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. None of the truth could deny the power of Surprised that I ain't lost my mind. Had to take setbacks and learn to accept setbacks. That those I gave jetpacks that no planes don't fly. Now I'm in no space, so wasting my time. Focus my goals into shift paradigms. My get up and go to keep my folks from dying. So I'm in the road with a goal that's refined. Yeah, body with a mean vision. Reflecting from every angle through a clean prism. Dark matter reflecting intact, the color was gray. When I lost my mother, found peace inside my queen. And I leaned in on my brothers. Yeah, bars was shaping up the grand scheme. I done wrestled to the mat, all my damn demons. In a matter of time, became a champion. Now my everyday marches to do the damn thing. So my aim's a pack out of the arena. Inspire the future leaders with every line of deliverers. The guards and our believers do what they can't conceive us. Love what we do and leave us. Brick, they never see us. Woo! God damn, I'm feeling good, mother. Fuck what they say. I'm doing what they never would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a grasp on your life, yeah. Pay many sacrificial prices. Brody, I'm done playing nice, yeah. They go to recognize who the nice is. From the north to the southeast. Kicking a deserving lane, share about seats. I'm aligned with it, man. You cannot be. Say anything I want, yeah. Turn up. Man, I ain't talking in terms of I wish, I want to, or even I will anymore. Only things I proclaim, my I do, I have, and I am. I do as my ancestors instruct. I have all I need to affect change, and I am a living magnification of God. This is the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. None of the truth can deny that. Yeah, the proof in the high hat. Eternal reflection, I digress. I love me more than the loveless. I love me more than the loveless. Turn up, turn up. Million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Look deep inside, yeah, you be the blessing. Million dollar dreams, yeah, how I manifest it. Anything I want, yeah, turn up. This is the power of I am. This is the greatness of I am. Look at the strength that I have. None of the truth can deny the power of I am.